Yeah, why not? If I'm, if I'm going baby, I'm going to have my milk. <laughs> I hope that recorded. Mm-hmm. Is that the phrase that you somehow fit into every conversation? Baby's going to have his milk. <laughs> I'm saying that thing about the baby milk. It's not intimidating, man. Are you the baby? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 17 of Watch and Talk. And this week, we watched an episode called The Stack, the Stack House, House Filibuster. Filibuster. Everybody's favorite well, we senatorial maneuver. But first, previously on, it was spoken by Donna. Hold on, hold on. Before, but, it, this is exciting because we're recording for the first time from our uh, North um, our North studio. Yeah, this is our <laughs> undisclosed location. Uh, if we sound a little different, it's... I don't know. It's nobody's fault, really, but... <laughs> Yeah, we're at another place because my place is the, un- the, under renovations right now. <laughs> we're at the North Studio. Yeah, we have a South Studio or e- East. I think the South Studio is the normal one yeah. that we normally record at. <laughs> and then you're going to be at the new Northern Studio soon. That's true. Braden's moving. The new North. Um, other things that are going on right now, I'm drinking coffee out of a sippy cup made for babies. <laughs> I'm not spilling any of it on me. There's cherry. A, there's cherries in front of me. Yeah, as opposed to a sippy cup made for adults. <laughs> I it's saw working really well, guys. They have I these. Um, I saw recently on the website uh, Amazon. They have these little cut like a. It's like a, a squeezy squeezy bags. What? Like colostomy uh, bags? You mean like women's breasts? <clears throat> no, no, no. It's like a Yours squeezy. Is way better. <laughs> it's like a cup, but for like. <laughs> I don't know that you could squeeze. Oh, and you like like, like a plastic bag, but like with a, a like a bulb. Yeah, they like have a, those in the expanse. That's what they always talk about drinking coffee out of. It's like you had a bulb. Yeah, of it's coffee. a sci-fi thing. I yeah, they do that because the gravi- if there's no gravity, right. it, you can't use a cup. I, I'm thinking like those. Um, I read a moon book and they did that vegetables and fruits for babies that are in a little bag with a little you squeeze them in your mouth. Yeah, that's what it is. Is that it for babies? Yeah. Yeah, and you could put like pureed food. Yes. Yeah. Sounds nice. But you They're can't. nice. It's like a cup. It is. It's and like, that you squeeze. Yeah, and it's like no mess, and you don't need a utensil. Yeah. Yeah. So that's and, and you, they come with animals on them. Is that soup? It could. You could put a soup in it. Yeah. Okay. So getting into this episode, we had a previously on. It was spoken by Donna. Previously on the West Wing. Low energy, Donna. These previously ons. I would be so this excited. Episode, she was low energy. She sounds really deadpan when she does her previously ons, like yeah, very unenthused and weird intonation too. Yeah, she puts the emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> um, so there is a lot of stuff about Hoynes, which we haven't seen in a while, and his relationship with Josh, and a lot of stuff about whether the president is going to be running for re-election, and that's kind of all they talk about. So we get into it, and it's kind of a weird episode setup. It's CJ doing a voiceover, and she's writing a letter Dear to her Dad, father. She says, "Dear Dad, first of all, happy birthday." Second of all, let me explain why I'm not on my way there right now. There's a thing going on on the floor of the Senate, and there's a filibuster by a guy named Stackhouse. Um, Autocorrect will make that steakhouse, but this is not the steakhouse (laughs) filibuster. I wrote that all the letters that characters are writing to their family members this episode is to explain filibusters for dum-dums. That's what I wrote. Pretty much, that's how they get their exposition out in this episode. Instead of having Josh explain it to Donna, they have people explain it to their parents. (laughs) So the senator is Senator Howard Stackhouse, Democrat, Minnesota. 
And at the moment, he is reading from a recipe book, and there's quite a bit of confusion about how many recipes there are in the world. How long will it go? I don't know. I'm saying how many recipes are there? All together? Yeah. I can't cook, but I think they're probably like 20 or 30. You're screwing around with them. Can't last forever. He's got 20 or 30 recipes he can still read. Sam, seriously, there are more recipes than that. Who cares? Why would you Why would you do a recipe? Yeah, why there's so you many do better a, things you can read for There's some for good that. books. I always they always joke about that because they're like, oh, he's gonna read Green Eggs and Ham or whatever. Well, that that fellow did, the Texas fellow did that. Like, I'd read like a good book. Why well, not introduce why, yourself? Why not read a book about the subject of the thing that you're filibustering on behalf of? Right. Or just like a good ass book. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is gonna he get reads us Dickens later. Well, didn't Bernie Sanders filibuster yeah. not that long ago, and he spoke about the issue that he was filibustering? Right. Yeah. I, I yeah. Then you bring him up. He's like, is he supposed to be Bernie Sanders? No. No, because Bernie Sanders would have been maybe. Was he old then when this came out? I think he's always been. He's <laughs> always. He's never not been old. Yeah. <laughs> So this guy's not um, like ridiculously old. He's, he's a grandpa. Yeah, but most most senators. And I we think also are learned spoilers. You don't mess with grandpas. Actually, you don't mess with grandpas. I'd be afraid to mess with my grandpa. Why would you mess with grandpas? I don't know. That's like crazy. Don't mess with a grandpa. Don't do it. Yeah. So everybody is really inconvenienced by this thing because I think. Every single character has a trip planned this weekend. Are they just shutting the government down? Because Sam's going away, Josh is going That's away, Toby's going too. away, because, CJ's going away. Because the the Congress is going away. Because it's uh, the weekend. I thought this uh, is a holiday weekend. No, no, the congressional session's ending, and when that happens, it's like the perfect time to go on vacation because no one's going to be making news sure. in the political realm. So does that roughly... How It must be later in the year, though. It has to be fall, right? Because CJ talks about to Sam about how it's going to be cold in the Hamptons. I don't know what the actual sessions are. I, I know here it's in New York State, it's like January to June. When Sam said he's going to Sag Harbor, I thought that he's going to go film a sequel to St. Elmo's Fire. Does that he, take place in Sag Harbor? No, it just sounded like it did, though. Yeah, <laughs> Isn't it cold in Sag Harbor right now? We wear sweaters. It's a Tommy Hilfiger ad. Oh, Sounds right. Funny. Thanks for being on brand, Sam. Yeah, it's a very Sam place to go. Um, and Josh has a trip planned. He's going down to Florida for, sp- no, spring, spring training. He's going to see spring training for the Mets. There you for, go. And he's going to Port mm. St. Lucie. Isn't that like a, one of those weird communities in Central Florida? Like uh, a, that sounds right. That's where all the baseball happens. Yeah. I always saw ads for Port St. Lucie. What do you mean weird communities? It just like had a weird vibe whenever I saw commercials for it. Like very kind of like creepy Stepford Wives. Mm. Adults drinking out of sippy cups. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a yes. like an early retirement destination. No, but people grew up there. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah. Josh has plans to be called... Dude by Mike Piazza. Jay, Mike Piazza is going to be standing in the batting cage. He's going to turn and see me. He's going to say, dude. Well, I wouldn't want you to miss a legitimate dude sighting. It's a sports player. He's a sports player. All right, okay. I feel like he's catcher. a catcher, right? He's catcher yeah. for the Mets. Oh, yeah. look at you, Is that buddy. an impressive like, job to have professionally? Because that's sports always guy? the one they give to people. Who were bad at the sport. He, he was very good at it. No, 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 no. You're confusing the fact that when I played T-ball <laughs> when I was very young, I was the catcher. Yeah. In that context. Whoa. In that context, <laughs> it, it's very insulting. <laughs> but I think at the professional level, all the positions are relatively respected. What about like 
that weird like way outfield position they give to you when they forgot to assign you a role in that oh, right, like right field oh like fourth outfielder yeah you gotta just go stand out there yeah that's i i always got that or or the catcher or the dh like it's important to be the dh but What's it's kind DH? of a crap job designated hitter you just hit you hit all the you ball? do is hit for the pitcher so one one of the two leagues in the baseball the pitchers don't hit i'm done with this they only <laughs> pitch i i want to ask why but i also don't care it's literally like from like 18 definitely something. don't ask it doesn't, it, <laughs> just don't it just don't it's, ask. it's just one oh, of those things sports are so just don't ask. boring <laughs> So, true. Uh, what else is going on in the beginning? Um, nobody can, nobody can leave because of the filibuster because they want to make sure that they can get the story of how bipartisan the bill they passed was out. I don't know why they couldn't have pre-prepared this stuff if they think it's just going to go according to plan, but maybe they have to go on TV or something. CJ goes into the press room, quickly instructs one of the reporters to dump his lame girlfriend. It's Friday night. I'm supposed to have dinner with my girlfriend. She's going to kill me. Yeah, but you know what, Mark? This is just the kind of thing that can cleanse the palate of a relationship that's gone stale, like a fine sorbet. We've been going out for three weeks. And she's already bitching about dinner? CJ, loser. Which I thought was a pretty funny scene. <laughs> Toby mentions he's going to Telluride. Was that a pleasure trip? Is he going skiing? That seems like it would be a funny scene. That sounds scene. like a fancy people place. Yeah. Toby's a fancy guy now. Where is that? Telluride. Colorado? Yeah, there's like there's like a film festival there, I feel like. It sounds yeah, fancy. Up in there. Maybe he's going to that. And then CJ is going to Napa for her father's 70th birthday. She goes back to writing her email, and she's like, there's uh, more than meets the eye to this tale. And then they go into the credits. After that, they come back. She's still writing a letter, and this is where she starts her, uh, have you ever heard of a filibuster? It's this. I feel like everybody knows what that is now, but maybe it was because of this episode? Um, I remember when we went to a taping of The Daily Show, like, I several years ago when I, it was right after the Democrats lost the Senate, I think. And they and John Stewart was ex, was talking about a supermajority versus just a regular majority. And the Democrats still had a majority, but not like a supermajority, I think. Sure. And and at that time. So this was like, I don't know. May, do you were with me, Jason? I don't well, know. that would have he been 2010. Yeah, he didn't explain right. the difference properly between the value of a supermajority versus just a regular majority, and was like poo-pooing them. It's He's filibuster, like, right? And he was like, "You guys still have a majority. Why are you complaining?" And so even then, which is well after this show was on the air, th- no one really quite understood i think a filibuster so i don't think the show understands a filibuster really because this episode is devoid of any actual content about the filibuster at all other than what it appears like from the outside tell us more well the filibuster if you really think can you please do this in a form of a letter to your father (laughs) dear dad (laughs) the filibuster do it as a letter to your father if you were like a Civil War soldier. <laughs> Dear father. Dear, dearest sir. <laughs> yeah. I write to you to yeah, inform you, you of an invention. With your dad. <laughs> of, of, a, of a nefarious invention. <laughs> the filier bustier. <laughs> is, it, is it like T-I-E-R? Which is French. The <laughs> filibuster. I'm not going to do this accent anymore. But <laughs> you can hear it in this accent. So the filibuster... <laughs> If you think about it, a bunch of lawyers are they tend to be in Congress, right? And lawyers are paid 
whether they like this or they enjoy it or whether it's just part of their job, to figure out some way to uh, like bend the rules to get you something. And at a certain point, someone wanted to delay, throw a tantrum, whatever, and they looked up the rules of debate in the Senate and they figured out this way of doing Nothing things. Nothing in the rule book says I can't talk forever. And I bet you that they figured this out really early on, like pretty much right off the bat, the first or second or third you know, session. And here's the thing about the Senate. The purpose of the Senate is to prevent things from happening in a way that absolves everyone politically. Because the whole point of the Senate is to protect slavery in the South. That's why every state gets two senators regardless of population. And that's why the rules of the Senate have, since the beginning, allowed one senator to put a unanimous uh, or a unilateral hold on any legislation going forward. So that one curmudgeon from that deep South state goes, no, I'm going to put a hold on that. Yeah, not, and, not uh, exactly slavery related, but uh, in 1957, Strom Thurmond, everybody's favorite grandfather racist, <laughs> filibustered for 24 hours to hold up the um, Civil, Civil Rights, Rights Act. Act of 1957 and passed anyways. But that was the baby Civil Rights Act before yeah. the real one in 64. But yes. So that only gave civil rights to babies. Yes. <laughs> like all of these procedural rules allow the other politicians to throw up their hands, go to their constituents and say, we really, really tried. We did everything we could for you. We fought, fought, fought. And in the end, sorry, we couldn't do something that would have been catastrophically disruptive to whatever you know, balance of power there is in the United States. Right. So if you, ta- if you look back at what happened with Obama when he lost a supermajority in the Senate, but the Democrats retained a majority, the majority in the Senate can change the rules, yeah. including eliminating the filibuster or at least reforming it so that it can't be used to actually block legislation the, moving forward. The so-called nuclear option. The nuclear option, yeah. right? Let's, God forbid we take away what is so obviously a ridiculous and abusive system that's really only there to give people cover so, and not the, get anything done. But the done. filibuster and cloture are not the same thing. Cloture, even though they have the same They're like, exactly numbers. the same. They're two sides of the same coin. Cloture is the vote that that closes off the floor from debate. I always used to refer it's like, oh, they have this like gentleman's filibuster where it's like, oh, we're we're going to filibuster if yes. you do that. So let's not even but don't even make me stand up for eight hours. Like you should have to stand up and bullshit for eight hours. I mean, maybe, but from a procedural point of view, if I'm you know, the majority leader in the Senate and I go to the minority leader and I'm like, look, I'm going to put this up for a vote. Or like, what do you have to say about that? And they're like, well, if you put up for a vote, we're definitely going to filibuster you and we're going to embarrass the crap out of you. You're never going to get but it Why passed. is that necessarily embarrassing if the majority feels like they're politically the winning side on that right. issue? And so I think the what reality- if they read a really good book? Oh, yeah. Well, that's why the reality here is the filibuster is not actually a a genuine impediment to things that the majority actually want to do. Because you could always change the rules for one thing and then reinstitute it if you really wanted to. If if the American people are dying and the minority party is stopping you from changing the law to save the entire country's lives, you're going to get rid of the filibuster. You're not going to allow the filibuster to destroy the country, right? So if you really care, if it's a really high enough priority, you're just going to change the rules. They allow that to stay in place, and in Obama's case, they allowed it to stay in place because it turns out the Democratic Party has a bunch of like sellouts within their midst, sure. they, which they what? called the Blue Dog Democrats when they had a supermajority. And when they had a supermajority, it's those Blue Dog Democrats that voted with the Republicans to stop actual change from like helping people. 
So when they lost the supermajority, they were thrilled because then they didn't have to look inward at their own party and reveal to the public that they're kind of full of shit and corrupt and bought and sold by the insurance companies or the banks or whatever. And instead, they got to blame it on the, the Republicans and their filibuster. That's what the filibuster is. It's just a trick that allows the party in power to not have to do something that helps their nominal constituents while actually hurting their money. In the popular culture, it's very much like it's the Mr. Smith goes to Washington. It's right. like the most famous filibuster scene is from the yeah that's that bullshit movie where it's like oh it's like the one truth teller trying to like stop but that's like almost so, never the purpose it's used for no one actually debates on the floor of the senate or in the house in order to actually change someone's mind it doesn't work that way anymore back during lbj's day he actually did put a bunch of experts on the floor of the house and they had all this information and pamphlets and everything. And they invited all the members and of the house pamphlets? to come speak with all these experts Fancy. to be educated and informed about the bill. But even that, although it seems like genuine debate and information exchange, was just a publicity stunt in order to shame and put pressure on the people that were opposing the Civil Rights Act. So your issue with the show isn't that they didn't they didn't really like explain it incorrectly. They just explained the rules of a filibuster, but not the insidious intent. This it. show usually is very cynical and like behind the scenes about why things are the way they are. And but they bought into the they depend they buy into the the ideological trick that the filibuster allows the the party in power the, to maintain the final act of a principled man. Right. But don't you think like when Bernie Sanders filibustered not that long ago, it was sort of a similar uh, vibe to this filibuster? No, because was... when the camera, if the camera ever zoomed out, it would have showed that no one was there. <laughs> he was alone in a room with a camera it's, it's giving a publicity stunt. It's an attention-grabbing right. yeah, yeah. mechanic. Well, that's a, this kind of seemed a little bit like, he was like, I have to just do this. I'm going to just be here alone and do it. Yeah, right. I mean, we can get, well, they reveal his reasoning later, yeah. so let's save yeah. the conversation on I that, mean, the, but I actually don't really like his reasoning the one thing to throw in is why did he wait until after they closed off you know the christmas tree amendment hanging to bring this this up i have this here okay let's get let's get let's keep going through the plot and we'll get to these points okay so they they cut forward and uh or actually they flash back so this is a time jumpy one so cj's like this all started two weeks ago uh dearest father and (laughs) they josh comes in and to the roosevelt room there's a big staff meeting with larry and ed a bunch of other people and the family wellness act is been agreed upon by all the relevant parties they're going to spend six whole billion dollars on health care which is not a lot of money (laughs) Um, but they're really excited about it and they're getting some hearing tests and they're getting some uh, anti-abortion literature getting distributed, <laughs> and it sounds like a big win for everybody. <laughs> so about the abortion thing, that they were sort of against, or I guess like the Republicans wanted people to be like lectured before they got an abortion, yeah. and CJ was like protesting that. The National Organization for Women's going to hate that. I know. Women seeking abortion should not be required by law to be lectured at. Yeah, but you're going to help me out there, right? Yes, I will. I will once again betray the sisterhood in her CJ was little like, way yeah okay i'll do it it yeah. sounds like a relatively innocuous thing it's like in addition to handing out literature about abortions they should also like give them a flyer for adoption like and, just in case you weren't right. aware well, but so, like it seems like in a, a doctor could very easily be like okay here's like the information you really want i have to give you this yeah if you want it 
But well, the way CJ characterizes it, though, is like what a- actually is happening in like a lot of conservative states now, where you have to be like lectured about. Yeah. All- but I was like, you have to take like a course, or like yeah, a, you have to look at like an invasive ultrasound yes, scan, all those sorts of things. And I was like, you know, she was obviously sort of making a bigger deal of, out of what specifically this bill does. But I was like, whoa, it's like actually real now. Yeah, that's like definitely an impulse yeah. from that crowd. So it's just like what they could get at that time versus what they could get now. Right. If you only knew, CJ. If you yeah. only knew. Which, uh, but she was just so quick to give that up. Yeah. yeah she'll betray the sisterhood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they go after that. Just the senior staff goes into Leo's office. There is some kerfuffle over a comment made in an energy committee hearing about how the administration's policies are raising energy prices because of environmental standards toby says we're going to respond to it via the energy secretary but we should give the vp a heads up because he's tight with the energy industry and we don't want to like burn his political bridges if we don't have to after that is CJ and Charlie. Um, this is CJ. She sets up the plot line that she is cursed by an Egyptian cat. Dad, this would be a good time to mention that it's possible that an Egyptian cat goddess named Bast has put an ancient curse on me. <laughs> Which is just a Aren't really we odd all? thing. Yeah. Um, Charlie explains what's going on there. It was a gift during a trip to Cairo. Like it was from the prime minister to the president, but it got went through CJ and uh cj at one point had it but has no recollection that she tells charlie about but she's acting like pretty shady about it and i think charlie's already on so shady okay 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 cj yes you know anything about it well i have to think about it charlie it was a year ago and it's not like i have instant recall of every ceramic cat statue i've ever been handed in cairo after that uh they cut to the vice president and he's with a bunch of this is I don't know what this photo op is. It's the vice president and a bunch of really old ladies, and they're all holding up quilts. And they're talking about snow melt. How did they not anticipate the flooding? There was an unexpectedly high snow melt. The snow fell three months ago. Did they not think it was going to melt this year? It seems like he's he's talking about like another issue while he's doing the photo op. Like and I was flooding? like, yeah, why is he... Like that, I would feel like if I was one of those old ladies, I'd feel like this is a really disingenuous photo op. Like, you see, not, are they going to use the quilts to soak up maybe, the flooding? Maybe they I were don't... survivors of the flood and yeah. they're keeping people warm with their quilts. I bless, don't know. Bless quilts them. is like a very fancy way to keep someone warm in an emergency or just like labor intensive. And the vice president's like, how come this, the snow melt caused flooding? Didn't you guys expect that? And it's like, it, be different i don't know but he, t- he says there's eight trillion gallons of water in the snow melt but he does this like down. amazing off the top of his head conversion of like acreage of snow 25 million acre feet of water candy that's eight trillion gallons yes sir and i was like how pretty good how do you know that because he says it like there was this much like this many acres that's this many gallons and i was like eight trillion how could yeah. you possibly know that I don't think you could no. know that. You'd have to know the density. You'd have to know the depth of Sometimes snowfall. Sometimes you just know. Can't know that. Do you Jason. think he's like a snowmelt expert? Snowman. He no. <laughs> really great man. Yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't. He doesn't have enough information. Can you imagine if you had like Rain Man abilities, but only for snow? Snow calculations. Yeah, that would be so useless. So to put it in perspective, eight trillion gallons of water. Um, Harvey, the hurricane, tropical storm thing hitting Texas, or that just hit Texas, was twenty four point five trillion gallons of water. 
Wait, that just seems like a ton of water. Yeah. More than a ton of water. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. 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 Many uh, tons many, of water. Many. Several. They don't really explain what the hell this photo op's about. He sends the old ladies away. Toby comes in. He gives them the rundown on the energy thing. The VP responds the way they set up that he would have responded. Like, oh, yeah, those things are hurting the industry, blah, blah, blah. And then he says... Shouldn't have Bill Trotter do it. Why? Because his rants against the oil companies have become familiar. The press has stopped writing about him. Still. It's also pretty dicey political terrain for the energy secretary. Who would you send? To punch back? Yeah. Me. And then Toby does like a... Whoa, whoa, what? Whoa. He uh, shakes his head real fast. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that sound comes out. Yeah. It's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. And then he says, can I prepare you some notes about what to say? And the VP says, would you mind if I shove them up your ass? And then Toby's like, no, sir. Would you mind if I prepared some notes for you? (laughs) Well, not at all. Would you mind if I shoved them up your ass? (laughs) No, sir. That's what he says back to him. Like, he wouldn't mind? That's what he says. He says, no, sir. This is like a track record with Toby where someone... He likes butt stuff? Well, he, he, that <laughs> that's one of reverse he, he likes people uh, putting him down a little. Right. With that lunch that he had or whatever, breakfast with that guy. And the the, the cop lady, too, was yeah. real sassy with him. Do you think Toby likes being dominated? Yeah, he's a sub. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> Andy seems like a dom. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. But then, even later, though. You guys got on board with that real quick. <laughs> Toby's like, can I write you something? And he's like, go to hell, buddy. And then later he actually says the thing Toby said to him. So he takes his notes anyways. He just, in the moment, he doesn't want to look like he's taking notes from him. I thought that was kind of funny. They go to CJ. She's still writing her letter. Um, Apparently doing a filibuster is really hard on the filibuster. Is that the the person doing the filibuster? It's the filibustrix. (laughs) And so this one's eight hours into it. I don't think I've ever stood for eight hours straight. Absolutely not. And read? Read for eight hours straight? Mm-hmm. With, without leaning. Out loud. I think you can lean on your... Maybe can't not. lean. She says you can't yeah. lean. Now, I don't know if that's She does say true, no lean. What if you but had... But she says you can't lean. What if you had like a special... Uh, like an one FDR leg bracey thing? Like a special FDR leg bracey thing. Yes. That, that seems like it could work. Think about it, senators. So in, in tech... The standing desk has kind of like proliferated. Has that taken over your relative industries? There's how like many standing desks? Two are there? standing desks. Do people use them? Um, are they committed? Are they open, or the, are they, or are they committed to certain people? They're well, no, they're like at. You have to request one. And are they singles? What I'm asking. Yeah, they're desks. single standing desks. <laughs> do, they, it's like, do they have a sister? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a. Like an attachment that sits on top of your existing desk. Oh, a Vera desk. Is that what it's called? The black one when you had you hit the buttons on the side and you lift it up. I've got the Vera desk. It's that, but yeah. they're not black. They're white. Oh, okay. well, mine's black. Yeah. Okay. You have a standing desk? Do you use it? Do you I stand? I do not. Yeah, so the people... Like I a, did. No, I did it for a while. For like I would a day. stand. For like five from, minutes. Uh, for several days, I would do it. <laughs> I would say at least several. They At my company and now, then, for new employees, if somebody comes in and they're like, I would like a standing desk, and they're like... All right, ask us in six months. Yeah, that's a <laughs> and, really good way. To and we'll uh, we'll get one then if you still want one. Yeah, there there are two people, two younger attorneys that have uh, like the on desk, like well, yeah. you know, thing, and they used them quite a lot for the first month and never. Again. Same. We still have people that use them, but the, I think the whole idea is that 
you know, they do these scientific studies that say, oh, you know, if you sit for eight hours a day. It's like smoking a million cigarettes. Whatever. <laughs> it, it takes uh, time off your life. I, I, I don't know how they do these studies. I kind of assume. But you're going to outlive everyone. That's no fun. Well, but I, th- I assume it's like as opposed to if you were like, a, I don't know, like what's the difference if you were like running all day? We're sitting in an aluminum Not like. Chair. Have you seen the treadmill? Desk? Yeah, they just put one of those in in my office. No. Um, I, or it's going in like this. They just sent a company wide email. Like we're getting for our 800 person company. They're putting one <laughs> treadmill desk in. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> have like a you got to be the first to Just use go that, to the right. gym for a half hour and do intensive cardio and that will equate to the number of calories you burn on your trotting I don't desk. think it's calories <laughs> though. The it's idea like is that somehow just sitting at the desk is killing you somehow. I, I don't know. It's killing you softly. Yeah, It's the best way to go. Honestly. <laughs> I wonder if that research is sponsored by the standing desk manufacturers. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have the any Bear Desk Institute. of yeah. those like exercise balls that you sit on? Oh, the yoga ones? Yeah. The, the, a, guy, a, guy, right, a guy at my work, a very nice There's fellow. There's like five of them floating around my office. Has one. And he, and it's uh, it's funny because I could see him peripherally out of my left eye. And, you know, he's just bouncing maybe. He bouncing, 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 going to town. And uh, he's just, he's fine. He's just happy, just <laughs> bouncing away, baby. So there's a bunch of those at my office. Are they bouncy? Yes. And everyone who either requested one or brought one from home or something has stopped using them. So there's just like all these big bouncy balls everywhere. The only person who really used it was like a pregnant woman. <laughs> was you should like, just fill one room with them and have it be like a ball pit. That would be amazing. <laughs> Especially you, our building's all glass, so it would just be a big glass. So do you, do you, how many people at your work do you think are working so close to optimal on all other respects that upgrading or, or modifying that some small aspect of their work area will increase their productivity? It's not about productivity. Or comfort. But no, but I mean, if your comfort helps you be more productive. But it's then, not, that's not like the reason. Like every, at least at my, office the way you get it is you bring a letter from a doctor saying that you have like back problems or whatever saying problems. that you're a fucking nerd yeah wait, wait, wait. and but you need how, a standing desk or no, no but the ball, ball or, thing how, i don't understand how that takes it, it's weight supposed off to make your, your posture it's better. good for core bro you like yeah. have to like engage your core to you can't balance. slouch it's all ball. about the core baby you're doing micro adjustments all the time you're yeah. coring it up Okay. Twenty four seven. Yep, and it's also like Sun. less hard on your sit bones. <sighs> sit bones. Those are the ones that you sit on. Yep. Your coccyx. I'm just saying, but but how far off are your we from your coccyx? But how far off are we from your doctor giving you a note that says working is stressing this person out? Yeah. Right. But that's the whole thing. I'm just gonna skip we're to all, that. We're all going to the office and sacrificing a lot of stuff, and maybe even our well being mentally, and maybe even physically. Because that's what work is. Down with mm-hmm. work. That's what work is. Yeah, I should be working from home, laying down in my bed. Do you think you can get a bed desk? Yeah, I feel like at your job, I'm sure Eric, you could. They would go for that. Like, how far is our generation going to push? <laughs> like, this out thing? of anyone here, they took away our game rooms. They had the, we had the lobby, what? and we got one game room back. What? <laughs> so you guys only, didn't go on strike. We had one instead of two game rooms. How now. many games? How did you lobby? Somebody asked the facilities if we could find some other room if we could put. Are our you guys clicked like on the Slack. What <laughs> games do you have? They have GameCubes, they have PS4s, they have Wii U's, they have everything. Is it like 
People play Smash Brothers. Really? A lot of Smash So it's Brothers like stuff. acceptable to just like stop working and go play a game? You do it. People do it play during lunch and they play after, after they get off. Oh. Okay, but then they're also eating lunch. So they're extending yeah, they take, they their take, lunch. They take, a ha- they take an hour and they go grab. We have buffet upstairs. So everybody just goes grab some food. Are you guys salaried or hourly? Salary. Oh my God, man. I think, well, there's Custops people, but they get a full hour. You that's, know. that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's, I it's pretty good. I heard how Post they have nap rooms. You have those. We don't have any nap rooms. I wish we had nap rooms. Every once in a while, I will. If you're if I work with you and you're listening to this, please turn off. I'll go into I'll go into like the phone little phone oh, yeah. one seaters and I'll like turn the chair so you can't see me and I'll just lean my head and go to sleep for like fifteen. I take a spoon nap. If you uh, <laughs> what's a spoon nap? If so you go a, in the a, bathroom, it's a Salvador the, uh, Dali thing. The toilet paper, the melty spoon. The to- a roll of toilet paper is super soft. Oh, get a pillow <laughs> for in like there. a pillow. But that might. Oh, I, I don't I don't need anything other than a. I'll I'll sleep at my desk if I could. I just don't want people to see oh, me. Boy. Um. No, a spoon nap is you sit in a chair and you just hold a spoon and then when you drop the spoon, you stop the nap. Oh. It's just like you reboot your brain. So I shut love shut down, that. you wake up and it's like This it's is enough. like when you fall asleep in school holding your head up and then your head falls because Yeah, you that fall that's enough to like give you like a, a a refresh. That's so cool. Yeah, I read when D- Ariana disco nap. Huffington was like no, disco nap. <laughs> no, disco nap I think is longer than that. Yeah. It's like in the middle of the day long nap. So you can go out at night yeah. and disco. <laughs> um, Is but, cocaine a disco nap? Yes. Okay. Um, so Ariana Huffington was doing this like tour, I guess, and she wrote a book and yeah. she's like advocating for more sleep and everyone needs to sleep more. And so she said they have these nap rooms at Huffington Post and there was like a stigma to using them before, but now like everyone uses them and they showed what they look like and they're just these little rooms, a little twin bed in them. You just go yeah. take a nap. I would... That sounds great. I love that. And I need that. There's no private space in my office whatsoever. Like not even a little phone booth or anything. Everything's mm-hmm. glass and conference rooms. I That's would fine. nap, man. I so, would nap at work. So long story short, standing up for eight hours sounds super difficult and I couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. right. So mm-hmm. next scene, CJ, CJ and Sam are down in the mess and Sam is on his computer and he is being condescending about what he is doing. Well, it's a little complicated and it'd be difficult to explain in layman's terms. You can put the black seven on the red eight. But she can see the reflection of the solitaire game that he is playing in the mirror, which I thought was a pretty good little sight gag. Um, yeah, it was cute. Play a better game though, Sam. Yeah, well, we well, it was this was still back in the day when we were kind of forced to play solitaire. Well, Minesweeper at least. Yeah, you well, you either had game. that. I mean, that was the other one, <laughs> or Ski Free. You give him playing Doom. <laughs> that would have been better. CJ asks Sam for some reason, who who is your favorite writer? And he says Toby, which is very sweet and cute. And hmm. then she says, who's your favorite fiction writer? And she, he says, you're listening to him, which is uh, Charles Dickens, which is what Senator Stackhouse is currently reading is some Dickens book. You guys ever read Dickens? I never read Dickens. Huh. Yeah. You like it? It's good. It's, it's like I had it way ahead of its time. It was serialized, right? Right. It was, it's, yeah, it was serialized. Did he invent the novel? Is that, is no. that him? No. No. But he invented, like, the serial, well, his publishers were one of the first people to take, like, a big famous author and go, oh, we can make, like, a lot of money off of this by just, like, chopping everything up and publishing it monthly. And uh, I don't know. I mean, he he did a good job of kind of, like, 
combining social commentary with sort of uh, salacious, uh, I guess, Fun like soap plots, opera-ish yeah. plots. Okay. Sounds but all right. He's not your favorite author, though. I have he's seen... He's not. I've seen the Bill Murray movie Scrooged. Yeah. That's 100% work. accurate yeah. depiction of his writing okay, good. Okay, I do like him then. <laughs> I've watched a lot of Star Trek where they do Dickens stuff in the holodeck. That sounds right, too. That's a... Yep. That's... Is it? They don't have any Dickens they in the holodeck, Scroo- do they? They did Oh, the you're right. No, you're right. They did uh, Christmas Carol once. Yeah. They, yeah, they did the Scrooge. Is, yeah. Is, is they do a lot of Shakespeare. Dick or Scrooge? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Data's like always trying to find his inner human via acting. All right. By faking emotions. He's, I think it's misguided. Also, I just have to say, now that we're talking about Star Trek and we naturally came here. Oh, yeah. That, you were waiting for this. Yeah. This episode reminds me of the episode of Star Trek Next Generation Data's Day where he's like writing a letter, right? To Pen yeah, Pal. To, to the guy who tries to murder him in the second season. Yes. And he Spoilers. is explaining like, all the day-to-day stuff in the same way that all the characters in this show are. I think it was secretly inspired by Data's Day. Is that a pun? What? Day-to-day. Yeah, day <laughs> Honestly, I never even thought that. <laughs> but also, I That's think... like a Star Trek It is joke. kind of Data's day-to-day. Yeah. I yeah, have a theory is. about this episode that the characters have a daddle link. There's a daddle link between <laughs> the characters because like i can't believe you ruined one of your greatest headlines i know that it, i did have that done as headline but also it's important that i explain it because yeah you, you got know, a third meaning out of it this yeah at this moment because cj starts with the dear dad and then they're all writing to their dad and even later when they're writing to their mom josh he's like oh dad i wish i could write oh, to my dad dad, dad would wa- dad, yeah, yeah dad would want me to tell you this so CJ actually brings up Sam's dad here. So we get a little bit of follow up on Sam's plotline from last week. And it sounds like everything's fine. He's like, we're doing better and we're talking and it's fine. I guess good on the show for at least somewhat following up on that, even though it was kind of like a silly plot, like an out of nowhere plot line. But at least they didn't let it go completely unmentioned upon in the future. And then CJ brings up Sam, Sam got beat by another girl. <laughs> And this time it was a either 14 or 19-year-old intern. <laughs> it doesn't appear that anybody else witnessed this event. Yeah, did Sam tell them? Winnie told, Winnie's a snitch. Just that dang dinger. <laughs> Sam's got a bright idea now. He's going to write a letter. So he starts it up, uh, dear shithead or whatever. And then he says, delete, 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 dear dad. We got two letters going on now. That's the housekeeper. Um, we are, then we flash back again to Josh's office. Uh, he's got maybe 45 hey. people in his office, uh, a bunch of uh, deputy deputies, like second second order deputies. I think Donna's the deputy deputy. Right. So well, they're <laughs> vice deputies, maybe. But he's like giving them tasks to do to go, you know, stuff to do for the next week. What, whatever. They said something. Staffing out was, inbox material. Yeah. Yeah. Does that mean like. He's delegating responding to emails that they get the strategy office gets. Well, I think it's like uh kind of triaging stuff of like take this as far as you can huh. until I need because like he has that one person that's like, Oh, as soon as I go talk to them, they're gonna bring bring up this thing. And he's like, okay. That's when you call me. But like at least like so do, PR. do these like steps before yeah. then to like get things to the point where I need to deal with it. 
And it's also like stalling people. That's interesting. It's just interesting when they throw stuff like that out because it makes me feel like they got it from their consultants. So mm-hmm. it's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Josh is very uh, good at managing a lot of people in this scene. Like he, yeah, he's like keeping an entire administration full of people busy. This like, is like the most uh, complex and hardworking we've seen Josh maybe ever in the whole series. Yeah, probably. Because usually he's just like dicking around or like screaming at somebody. Yeah. <laughs> he's giving out stuff and he mentions one particular thing. Um, it is about how the government creates too many reports and they need to cut something like 400 of them out of next year's budget. And Sam being there looking for some fruit uh, as his main thing. Uh, he's like trying to f- find a piece of fruit. You guys ever try to find a piece of fruit before? <laughs> Man, I like fruit. No, they don't have any good fruit though. They've got the dang red apples. Don't buy the red apples, folks. Yeah, oh, no. the, they no, got the honey crisp. You, you get the little the, the little red apples are all right. But not, I think it was John Oliver who said recently, he's talking about red delicious and he goes, they got the first part right. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, They're and, awful. Like, and like a banana and an orange. He overhears that this task is hanging out there and it's something that Sam is interested in doing. So he claims it for himself as if he has nothing else to do. I did think that was weird that he yeah. was just like, yeah, I'll do that extra work. That's the opposite of me. Like me. Sure. That's yeah. what most people would do. <laughs> and I also, I don't, I don't, I don't see why Sam is so like, we make all these stupid jag off scientific reports as if they do anything. He probably like knows a bunch of scientists or whatever. He probably like, knows what MSW stands for. <laughs> mm-hmm. I knew that. Um, so What's I don't. MSW? It's, it is, it's out of character for him. We'll get there. It's out of character <laughs> for him to have this impulse that creating reports for the government is inherently wasteful. I think. In the process of cleaning this up, he dubs himself the housekeeper. Let me tell you people something. The GAO means a little housekeeping. That's my nickname, okay? I'm the housekeeper. The housekeeper. <laughs> and then as soon as uh, people walk spin-off. away, he's like, wait a minute, I don't I don't want that name anymore. <laughs> uh, nobody, call him the housekeeper. Nobody else called him that the rest of the that episode. Just immediately, I was hoping we'd get one, one housekeeper reference later. It made me think of Sam dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> no? No one else thought that? <laughs> well, now I'm thinking about it. Pretty good. That's trying, good right? trying to win his daughter back. Yeah. <laughs> So after that, Toby comes in. All the other people leave. Toby comes in, and he's like, I talked to the VP, but something is fishy there because he was a little too eager to do this thing that we didn't think he would want to do. So something's up in VPville. Um, They go after that. They go to the Roosevelt Room, and this is Sam um, going through the reports. They just have the entire table full of reports. I don't know why they needed to print them out. Just you gotta That's read them. You can have a list, though. And just, yeah, you read them. You have the abstracts. There's this intern girl that's presumably the one that was talked about earlier is pushing a cart around, like just hucking reports on the table. Just for carting it around. Like, I don't know what she's like, what order she's going for here. Everyone they bring up, they're like, ah, fuck it, cut it. You know, it's this one. <laughs> uh, science. This. Who sounds, needs that science? That sounds dumb. Uh, the first one w- did sound like one they could cut because it was like a program. It was a report to justify a program they had already cut. So like, sure. You don't need to make that report next year. But the other ones like all sounded totally reasonable where it's like studying traffic flows in Route 66. And- I feel like they ought to have a report that the government accounting office would make they on do a report. How, a report, much report. They, how much they spend per report, right? Per because report. how much could it really cost to freaking do a report? Well, they yeah. get to it. I mean, it's like 
that's what like the whole like grant process is, right? It's just it's that's probably comes from academia. Well, no, no. So this is the government. Account- they're, they're specifically talking about reports that the government accounting office does, and so this those is like are using public data. They're and like well, co- they're the government's auditor. Okay. So it's it's kind of like I guess part of their purview is identifying ways that budget is being allocated that could be suboptimal and sort of like talking about that. So that's like the municipal solid waste thing um, and all that other stuff. So I, I don't think it's like, oh, we need to understand more about the Zika virus, but let's not do a report on the Zika virus. Like that would be the CDC and like they would have their own budget for that. Like this is specifically like how well are we spending our money on you know, executive branch agencies that deal with healthcare and like how much is it costing us for or how, so how far like our research all, dollars? It going. seems like almost all of those would end up saving money long term because they're identifying waste, unless they're duplicative of the substance of a of some other report, right? Because sure. some of them do seem more substantive than like spending wise. But yeah, like how much does it cost to do like a assessment of the value of of the money you're spending? Sure, they're really flippantly deciding to cut a bunch of them, and every time they say to cut one, the the girl um, who we learned is later is named Winifred. <laughs> Not, is that a real not, name? I don't know. It's not, Winifred Hooper. Okay, na- definitely name of the week winner. No, this is this is a thing. Oh, is that uh from Wonder Years? Is he she, likes was she a Winifred. Yeah, but I th- I thought he had like she a, was she's in the show later, right? But I thought that Winifred? he had like a Winnie sister from, or something, oh. and like Winnie was a significant name for him. I don't mm. know why I think that. And then Sam calls her out. Lose it. Excuse me. I didn't say anything. You made a little sound there. She's audibly rolling her eyes is the way I would describe the sound. <laughs> She's huffing. Yeah. And then as everybody gets dismissed, uh, Sam calls her and starts talking to her. And she talks like no human and especially no teenager has ever <laughs> spoken like before. She's using phrases that were like slang in like the 1880s. Yeah, she's a combination of like... Like a middle schooler and like an old lady. Like she's like a newsy kind of. Yeah, she's <laughs> like what Ainsley Hayes was before she b- became an yeah. adult. She's she says here's a couple of things. She says Winifred Hooper. Should I call you Winnie? Not unless you want me to spit at you. <laughs> That's a weird thing to say to a person. <laughs> she she calls something utterly bogus, which I think is like That's fine. I'll say Sor- Sorkin teenagees. And then she, he says something about like, you bet your boots they would. You bet your boots you do, <laughs> which is like a prospector These would are, say that. Yeah, nothing a teenager would say. That's and, whack. That's I don't know anything about teenagers. Then, Maybe they're betting their boots nowadays. I don't know. But we I were, don't know. weren't we teenagers when this was airing on at TV? This, at no. the time this came out, we definitely weren't betting boots. I was not. <laughs> and she... Uh, Sam says, like this report, you know, picks one up. It's like, this one's about how we're not paying trash men enough or it's hard to hire trash men. And she goes off on this long Sam Seaborn-y thing about... She's passionate about uh, the trash men. The MSW, Municipal Solid Waste. It's oh, from the report. Got from it. From the report, boo. And Sam's like, how wow, the hell guys. did you know that? You're a witch. <laughs> <laughs> and then... She's like, I read it. I read them all. Like some kind of witch. And she that says makes no, she is, likes she's like, to she, read. Does she read like Johnny Five does? <laughs> where she <laughs> just like flip through the books? Like what? <laughs> ah, 
Like, more input. There was like a thousand reports on that table. Like, I, I could re- I could be stuck Whatever, in that they, room for the her, rest of my life, and I would never they read They let her come in early and say leave. <laughs> it's, it's not illegal. It's public. And she has, like, exact recollection of very specific. It's not like she's like, oh, yeah, I read it, and it's like, I, I read a lot of gist. things and like get the gist of yeah. it. Yeah, I can like kind of summarize the abstract, but mm-hmm. she's like quoting very specific figures. And yeah, I mean, she's like a rain and or snow woman. <laughs> trash, <laughs> trash man. Trash girl. You think please. she's related to the vice president? Yeah. And then uh, at the end, they make up, and he's like, "You're really talented. Why don't uh, you come work at the White House or work for me when you're when you're done?" And she's um, like, "No, you work for me." Yeah, because I'm a weird. But kid. she doesn't. But so that would have been a great line. But Sorkin or whoever's writing this still can't just like let a woman character be in full alpha. Like even this character is constantly oscillated between being meek and sort of nerdy and then like ever so often like trying on her assertive hat. And it's like, no, no, just just let her be incredibly smart and brilliant and aware of that and schooling Sam, who usually is the one who's schooling people because he's smart and brilliant. I thought she did the schooling. What's your complaint here? Because he she couldn't schools. just let her school him. She also had to make him be, make her be kind of like meek and nerdy and like pushing up her glasses. And you know what I mean? Like it can't just be like a complete win. And then as she's leaving, Sam flips her a coin and she catches it and bites it to make sure it's not chocolate. <laughs> I didn't see that part. She's from the 1920s. <laughs> um, okay. So that's, that's the whole scene. Um, she should be a recurring character. She's great. Yeah. <laughs> She's she's the best thing that's been on the show in a while. This actress is from like some 1990s Disney Channel movie, but I really couldn't place her. Did yeah, I didn't did anyone up, recognize no. her for anything? It was maybe it's just the way she was talking that made me think she was from a Disney movie. So after that, CJ and Donna. Um, CJ has cat god problems, <laughs> like we all do, um, and she confesses to Donna that. She had the statue, but she broke the statue, and now she has been cursed by the statue, or I guess the god that the statue represented. I've never noticed this in my prior viewings of The West Wing. They really use CJ as comic relief a lot. Yeah, she's funny. That's weird. She's funny. Um, And and Donna is absolutely has no insights or thoughts into how to help her here. She's like, that that sounds bad. Why are you telling me this? I thought maybe you'd have an idea. Well, there's nothing really I can think of right now except to agree that you're monumentally screwed. Uh, I got nothing for you. I'm not an Egyptian cat god specialist. Is this resolved? Is this plotline resolved? No, yes. not really. No, they, I she mean, it it, with Charlie, but she doesn't no, but it's confessing never, or anything. Yeah, yeah. They, they, oh, we don't know whether she gets the curse lifted. Yeah. No, no, but just, <laughs> I mean, because presumably... She's going through all this fuss because she needs the statue to put on the president's desk. So d- does does she achieve that well, she, goal? She says later she crazy glued it together. So maybe that is use that. Yeah, that's the best she could do. I wish they showed it. So and Donna uh, mentions to Josh who walks by that uh, Senator Stackhouse had left a phone message. He was angry that Josh blew off a meeting with Stackhouse's aide over something that Stackhouse wanted in the bill. And we kind of pieced together here that Josh essentially caused all the problems in this episode, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, he, he's causing his own dude sighting to go unfulfilled. 
And they go back, CJ writes again. Here, I, I, this is a really small scene, but she mentions a different print. She mentions an 11 p.m. print deadline here. So we've been following <laughs> there all the are print many, deadlines. Yeah, there are yeah. many deadlines. So at this time, that's the most concrete one we have, that it's an 11 p.m. at this point in time. And then after that, Josh is writing a letter, and he talks about his... He's, so he's talk, writing to his mother, because his father died in the Illinois primary night, which we saw last season. And he takes a meeting with Senator Stackhouse, who has a pretty bad cough, it sounds like. Um, but on the way into the office, he falls down because of new shoes. <laughs> I, I wore That's new, what happens. I wore we've a pair all, of new shoes this no, week. I didn't all, fall one time. They we've were all, all gotten new shoes and then fallen in the hallway I mean, before feet, a big my meeting. Feet were a you did that? Sore, but I Do didn't you fall. think that they shot that scene first? And it was just supposed to be a walk talk scene, and he literally like, actually oh, they, they falls. Beat, they voiceover, and they're like, "We're keeping that guy. in." Maybe, but no, they because they keep talking about the shoes. So I feel like the shoes was written in. Has the scene happened yet where Josh asks for his wallet and it's like thrown to him from off camera? Is no, that what? I don't no, that not happening. this episode. This, no, no, no. It happens like where he Is he it just yells. Yeah, he yells. Oh, oh, He's like oh. standing in the hallway and yells. Uh, like in the pen where everyone's desk and yells, where's my wallet? And then it just gets thrown to him anonymously from <laughs> okay. off camera. That's awesome. No, I don't remember that. Yeah. That's great, though. Here we get some history of the filibuster uh, in the voiceover, and it means buccaneer. So dad would want me to tell you where the word filibuster comes from. It's from the Dutch vrijgeiter, which translated literally means freebooter. But what they meant was buccaneer. Yep, first spoken by Philip... But what is it? A filibuster? Philip Buster? Philip Buster? <laughs> Philip so, Bustier. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it means pirate. Like, um, this is all yeah. stuff we could have Wikipedia'd ourselves and talked about. But and, we didn't have to. But now we, they took that away from us. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. So, what Senator Stackhouse wants is $47 million for autism research nope. and education. Uh uh-uh. uh. Not going to happen. Yeah, this is a set deal. Not for uh, me. Like Jason was saying earlier, bring it up before the deal is closed. Like, you're a senator. Well, yeah, he, he really puts his foot down, but it doesn't seem like he brought this up at all before. There's right. no explanation for why the thing he had a, he had prioritized was not included. Right. And Other then, than he just forgot. He, like, fell asleep. Yeah, and then Maybe Stackhouse his grandson is like, oh, just got autism. So, so you decided. So there was a determination made. I'm sorry? A determination was made, an order of priority. This bill that was written, somebody wrote what was in the bill, huh? And like that's like an incriminating thing. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it was it didn't magically appear or we didn't <laughs> randomly decide what was in it. Like we made priorities and put like that's their job. But and, and, there's a lot know, of like insinuation that Josh like acted out of turn here well, by like doing his job in a normal like way. He's like implying like you can make an exception for me and just go at it and no one would care. Because it's you're the one who's orchestrating this. So if you just tell the powers that be, oh, we're adding this one more thing. Shut up about it. We're doing it. Right. You could do it, but like, there's still no explanation for why. Like, there's no, there's why, no why is issue he so special? here. Yeah. It's not like this is an issue that the White House didn't think was a priority, and then he's like, no, it is a priority. I mean, it kind of was that because they didn't like go out of their way. But like, I think if he would have brought it up early, like being a member of their party and being like. For my vote, and you know, presumably he's maybe influential with one or two other people or something. I really want this like small dollar ticket item in the thing. I think they could have done it. 
But he's like he waited makes, till the end of the process. And it's, it's no, he late. waited till the process is over. And the problem with that is this is a this is what they call a big ugly. So at the end of most legislative sessions, state, federal, it's like everyone's got all these priorities. You totally that just they, made that up. No, no, I did not. <laughs> you fucking made. They that try up, to dude. put. They're like, hey, all all year I've been trying to get this thing in an amendment That's like a to Clint every Eastwood bill movie or something. You and every time <laughs> I didn't get it in. And now we're at the end of the session. I got to go home to my constituents. I might be up for re-election. I got to do fundraising. And you're, you're making me go home. And I can't tell them I got anything done. Because every time I tried to stick these amendments in, you kicked them out. So then they do this big ugly where everyone gets to put their little thing in there so they can go home to their constituents and be like, job well done. Pork. Pork. They yeah. always do a big ugly. And he was supposed to get his thing in the big ugly. He definitely could Stop have. Stop saying the big ugly. That's not a thing. But if you reopen, soundtrack to that movie was amazing, though. It's it's a lot of work to like take all this crap and say yes to this, no to this, yes to this, no to this. Do all the horse trading so that both chambers. Well, and agree. they gotta like rescore the. Bill, yeah, there's it's, a, like, it's not it's a easy. lot of work. Yeah. yeah, it is. And he's like, okay, we're all leaving today, and he's like, no, no, do this thing. Yeah, I mean, presumably the aide would have asked for it slightly earlier, but it sounds like. Josh had just blown off that meeting. Like, so maybe they started like two days before the process ended. Cause like Donna's oh, letter yeah. was like, he was mad that you blew off a meeting with his aide, but that would have been like that day or the day before or something. That's true. Okay. That that's the plausible thing that he but tried. It's still to... late though. Like this is pr- presumably yeah. being, being negotiated for weeks, but anyway, so yeah, but so then I think everything changed, but then this guy's like, all right, we're done here, buddy. Get, get out of here. And oh. then uh, they cut straight to the filibuster. So, like, basically, Josh caused this to happen. This guy thinks he could Josh, have stopped it. Yeah, but he could have stopped it. it. Right. Donna notices something in the B roll footage they're showing during this, and it's about Stackhouse's grandchildren. And she dispatches some <laughs> low level person to go pull the B roll. What, what, is, what is this? She's, they kept saying, they kept <laughs> saying seven grandchildren, and there this were only six, six in the footage. And so she's like, oh, something's she's up. She's like, oh, right. What is it about autistic children where they're not allowed to be photographed? Oh, yeah. Well, no, <laughs> it's, that they, it's that they don't show up in photographs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they show up in A-roll, just not B-roll. Yeah. Josh is writing his I letter. I just think this doesn't make sense. Use, they... They do photos. No, this, <laughs> Maybe say, like back in the day they weren't doing as many photos. No, no, this, this Nowadays is, you see a lot of photos of the autistic kids. This is like a, a clever plot device. It could have been a lot simpler. They could have just been like, oh, turns out he's got an autistic grandson. This makes me think he's maybe a terrible person for excluding his autistic grandson. <laughs> no, no, he's not they, be photographed no, no, he, with that. He yeah. might have been off frame. Like the he news agency didn't want to wanna show. Oh, you think mm. the news agency made this? Yeah, decision? they just they framed whoever was Why filming. Why would they, they be like that's show. not a face for television? Right, not one of those autistics. They yeah. look no like. <laughs> I don't. Not one I, of them, Rain Man. <laughs> what? What about they? What about like them? Dustin Hoffman <laughs> is an attractive man. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. So Josh is writing his letter. Um, we get some backstory on the slippery shoes. His mom bought them for him, and Thanks a lot. Donna thinks that's super cute. Um, parents, don't buy your kids don't shoes. Don't get my you, anything. You don't know what Mama. kind of shoes I love I you, want. but don't get me. Uh, yeah. At what shoes? anything? Is Any shirt? Like, yeah. I mean, Josh probably wears like very like. I'll Go buy a cash. fancy pair of dre- like leather dress shoes. A check? Right. I'll so do a prob- check. Yeah. Or like a, a gift card. When was the last even? time you, your you parents a piece of, piece gave of you an article equipment? of clothing? Sure. Um, My mom constantly gives me clothing. <laughs> I love you, Mama. I love Robin. Penny loafers? 
Uh, she most recently gave me like some sort of a like a linen top. Oh, oh wow! Very yeah. Tommy Bahama. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I very wear, Bahama. I wear a lot of linen button downs. Yeah. Do yeah. you? In the summer, Large yeah. lapels. I don't think I've ever in the seen summer. You in a linen he says defensively. <laughs> it's, they're, I mean, they're, that's the time. They're very lightweight. Is this no, like I mean, a linen mandarin collar I, shirt? <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Like from a cult. Like I yeah. support you wearing a linen button down. I just don't think I've seen it. Sometimes I even tuck them in. Oh my god. What? No, no, they're supposed to be airy. Who are you? I started, I started, Let tucking, it breathe, my, I started baby. tucking my shirts in more. Oh my god. No, I, no, I, no, 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 no. I feel adulthood. I feel like it's like counterculture. Oh, that's that's you hike up them shorts. Opposite. I do have uh, high, high waisted, high ankled oh. pants on. Yeah, do you know I, I do have do? high ankles. I do a half tuck. My ankles That's go like halfway oh, over, like yeah. a billowy. Well, no, I do <laughs> a billowy tuck. Well, two ways. I do a ha- when I wear like a t-shirt. I do a half tuck, where you like twist it and then tuck just the front end, and then the and rest. You, like, mm. Pull the is little, billowy. the middle up through the collar, and then you pull it down into <laughs> a knot. <laughs> Not since I was a child. That's cool. I do that. Yeah, and then the other thing I do you is do when do I wear that. a button down. I do a straight up half tuck or I tuck I unbutton it to a certain point and I tuck half of it Whoa. in my hand. Oh, you hands. do a right left half tuck. Yeah, Whoa-sy. and then the other half hangs out. Holy yeah. wow. Fashion. <laughs> so after that they go to the VP's press conference. This is the one he's, you know, we talked about Toby with earlier. Um he he goes in on the energy industry pretty hard here. Um quotes Toby about the amount of markup they put on these like anti-pollution chemical treatment things they do toby's in the back he looks like he's impressed but suspicious and um that suspicion will be lingering with toby for the rest of the episode there's a scene with leo and the president uh it's in leo's office and the president comes in he's like my favorite chef is in town and he always cooks for me and uh you're invited leo and he's gonna be making this and he's gonna be making this and he's gonna be making a saffron chicken Saffron chicken? I haven't had a good saffron chicken in quite some time. Well, don't you think you deserve one? Yes. Especially. And Leo's like, like, I haven't had oh, a good, hell yeah, I haven't had a good chicken. saffron chicken in forever. That's my favorite flavor chicken. I have. I don't think I've ever had a good saffron chicken. I didn't know that. I've you had must a have. Decent. I don't. I don't really. I mean, well, I haven't had chicken in like ten years. <laughs> so, but I also like don't ever remember really having. Sa- is that like uh, what makes like yellow rice yeah. yellow? Okay, so I okay, so like chicken and Do yellow they rice. Yellow yeah, saffron chicken. Exactly. They in yellow it. They in yellow it. Saffron's but expensive. It's shit. It's so yeah. expensive. It comes in. It looks like. <laughs> Looks like little little like red a vial of, red pubes. Vial yeah. <laughs> of pubes. Really? Yeah, and it's Come like on, it's so expensive for like a little tiny vial of them. And I just call those like, pubes, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is brighter red, and you like you, you use you put like, a, like a two strand, strands. Yeah. yeah, like a strand or two. It, um, also, there's so many French words thrown around here. Yeah, and I thought usually. When Aaron Sorkin has a character that speaks French, we're not supposed to like them, but they're very fancy and likable here. Um, so yeah, the president says, "Don't you think you deserve a good saffron chicken?" And he's like, "I do deserve one." Heck yes! And then they talk about this dessert, and it sounds insane. His specialty is his dessert, tomate du Saltembique. That's going to be a big seedless beefsteak tomato stewed for three hours in creme de caramel and stuffed with passion fruit, 
kiwi and hazelnuts and served on a pomegranate reduction yes i've never had a tomato dessert before yeah. are they really doing that i don't think i have either is that be good yeah. it sounds great is yeah. that a fake I really thing want it. we should all make this like see if there's a recipe for okay. whatever they're talking about and, and it's got pomegranate reduction in it Ooh. uh they they quickly chat about senator stackhouse uh we find Wait, out but the president quickly he he very briefly no homos leo oh, i was gonna mention that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why is this go, scene necessary they, yeah they, <laughs> the dining room is full of candles and it seems like a really romantic dinner and the president pulls him aside he's like they thought i was going to be eating with abby so yeah. we'll just you know pretend there's no candlelight and that we're not paranoid homophobes in any way yeah Okay, we're gonna be eating, but no homo. Right? Like, well, they, are you they, not allowed they, to be in a room with a lit candle really with another well. man? He says, "Pretend there's no candlelight," and then Leo says, "And that we're not paranoid homophobes." Yeah, Leo calls him out on yeah. it right away. Yeah, that seems really funny. Yeah. Um, and then uh, after that, they cut up Donna and CJ. Um, Donna has cracked the case of the autistic grandchild. Um, it's right there in the name of it. She just figured it out. <laughs> but um. This is the part that really uh, grinds grinds my gears here, and a lot of politicians mm-hmm. do this. O- why is it only when something personally affects you are yeah. you allowed to have empathy for it? And like everybody responds when they find out about this, like, "Oh my god, this is such a big deal. We have to do this now." He's personally affected by it. It's like, "Oh, a Republican is against gay marriage, but their son is no, gay." No, I don't. I didn't it. read it that way. I get for I the totally individual, did. like I could get how it would change his mind. What I don't understand is why it's all for the White House. Like, whoa, all systems go. We got to work overtime now because this one dude's daughter no 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 no, no. here's why here's thing. why no 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 you yes. jason yeah, 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 yeah. no 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 you. here's why Bro. they keep thinking he's putting on a show for his constituents and it must be a real special constituent and he really wants to say he yeah, tried talking about he's being a he's he, i thought he was just being a curmudgeon right but now what they find out it's personal they're like no no he will literally keep talking until he dies like this is his own freaking grandchild mm. so they're like oh crap we can't just wait this out this is not just like a show. I, I don't think that revelation makes Senator Stackhouse seem more noble. I think no, it makes it doesn't. him seem more self I agree with you. I agree with you. And and I thought it was interesting what you said but about... You, but he wasn't like... A lot of grandkids have a lot of diseases. He's not fighting for well, those. They, he's they fighting for the one that his grandkids They had. specifically mentioned that he refused to use his grandchild as a... Like he to announce that, up, right? Yeah. And that's... What's weird about that is like politicians want to use the personal stories of other people all the time and yet there is sort of this intuitive morality of like not using your own family to advocate for something i would use the heck out of my own family yeah so it's just it's just a weird <laughs> notion it's like oh on top of that he you re- he really deserves your respect and sympathy because he intentionally avoided using his grandchild man's got five other grandchildren six um, you could spare them. The other, it's like, come on. <laughs> yeah, use one of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, they go back down. Leo and the president having dinner. Um, president has some funny little small talk with the waiter, and Leo is on the phone, and the president <laughs> plays the role of like nagging wife here. See, you're not even listening. Ben, let me call you back. What's your problem? I'm just saying, we work all day, and then the day's over, and we go out to dinner, and you're still working. And, you know, I'm sitting here. No time to talk. 
uh, who's like, we never talk anymore. You're just on your phone all the time. <laughs> he really plays it straight. Like he seems oh. like he's being serious. Oh yeah, he's like joke, kidding, not kidding. I also <laughs> like much. he was like, just put your phone down, leave it to your deputy. He's much smarter than you. And then we find out it is like Josh I'm, I'm on the phone. Deputy, yeah. <laughs> and then Leo's like, you know, conversations like this are the reason I got divorced. No, it's not. Yeah, it gets real, real, real fast. Yeah. And you then said he, real three times yeah, in a row. I know, and they all meant different things. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and then uh, the president finally tells Leo about his, the, we had a deal thing with the first lady. Hoynes apparently already knows about this, which informs the thing that Toby is pondering about of like, why is Hoynes positioning himself towards the center? Like, shoring up the liberal base on the energy thing when he's normally against that. And it's because Hoynes assumes that he is going to be running because the president's going to not run for re-election. Uh, after that, uh, they get a phone call really quickly about the grandson and the like president's has this great reaction face of like, Oh my God, we got to go deal with this. And then they basically dine and dash. <laughs> they don't pay for that <laughs> dinner and they, they get the hell out of there after that CJ and Charlie, there's a quick, uh, catch up where CJ informs Charlie about the cat statue thing. She says she has the ancient curse of Bast on her. I have the ancient curse of Bast on me. Which is just <laughs> an awesome line. And that she super glued it together. You crazy glued it? I didn't know what it was. I needed a potpourri holder. <laughs> she didn't know it was worth anything. Can't blame her. The president and Leo come into the Oval Office and this is Bartlett's kind of dissertation on the devotion of grandfathers. CJ, let me tell you something. Don't ever, ever underestimate the will of a grandfather. We're madmen. We don't give a damn. We got here before you, and they'll be here after. We'll make enemies. We'll break laws. We'll break bones. But you will not mess with the grandchildren. You don't mess with grandpas. That'd be wondering. Uh, do any of you guys have grandkids? Uh, no. Not that I know not of. That I know. <laughs> okay, me neither. Um, and they're like, okay, uh, I guess we're just going to do what he says now because he has grandkids. I don't know. The The logic of why they do this but they decide that they're not going to make the print deadline it doesn't matter if they do so it, basically they're going to go renegotiate the bill because the timelines have gotten stretched out so it doesn't hurt them to go back and basically they decide to enthusiastically filibuster their own bill because of this they don't well i guess they just don't want this old guy that they have sympathy for to like literally die on the senate floor <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I guess... I mean, that could be really powerful well, the, It stuff. seems like they just want him to have some pride also to what he's doing. Because, yeah. again, you don't but, mess but with But they're on house. board with the $47 million for the autism funding now. So they start making phone calls, um, and they're going to they're gonna work it out. Um, but So the people they're going to call is all the senators, and they like start with the grandfathers, so, a.k.a. the senators. <laughs> the, old, the old men. <laughs> In the Senate. And then there's one funny thing uh, where they're like, how, okay, he's talking though. How the hell are we going to get him to stop talking? Donna like raises her hand yeah. and Leo's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you don't have to raise your hand. This isn't a classroom. And she's like, oh, uh, we could ask him a question. Uh, they're like, could that work? Uh, is, that, is, that against, is that against the rules? And the president's like, I was in the house. I know nothing about Senate rules. I was in the house. I know nothing about the Senate rules. <laughs> like this president who knows literally everything about everything yeah, doesn't know like, the Senate he's rules. the head of the government. And he's like, I've never heard of this thing. How many senators are there? <laughs> he seems 
I think he knows more than nothing about it. If he doesn't, he sh- he should learn a little bit about it because it seems important for his job. Uh, but Donna is the uh, center of all knowledge in this episode, and later they're <laughs> like, we had to bank on the fact that the senator would know enough, like as much about the Senate as Donna. As Donna. Did. <laughs> Donna noted Senate historian. Doesn't it feel like at this point Donna should be getting a promotion right? from a secretary? I think she's got about as high as up as she. She has a pretty high-ranking job, even though it's, like, on paper low, but she gets to, like, be in the room a lot. I guess. I feel like she should be, like, an aide, you know? Mm-hmm. Not just a secretary. She's, yeah. better, she's better than that. I wonder if that's going to be a plot line. What? <laughs> so, after that, quick thing, Toby and the vice president. Uh, the vice president's going out to the, like, uh, car loading area, and Toby mentions that he put out a pole in the field that oh, Toby had uncovered. Did you mention what CJ said when he left the room? She's like, oh, and I broke your statue. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, Like, really yeah. quietly. Yeah, they, they go back down to get their fancy dessert, and yeah. CJ... The creme uh, de camel. CJ confesses. <laughs> <laughs> quietly. Yeah. And so, yeah, the vice president's putting out poles in the, in the... of, like, primary polling, basically, and Toby's very suspicious of that. Um, VP gets in a pretty sick burn here. Mr. Vice President, what do you know that I don't? Toby, the total tonnage of what I know that you don't could stun a team of oxen in its tracks tonight. It's a very old-timey reference. Yeah, dudes, maybe cut the uh, team of oxen insults from your repertoire. Could stop a locomotive, could stop a car. Class it up. Yeah, stop a future train. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) And then there's uh, one quick scene at the end with everybody, and they're trying to get a senator to ask a question to the guy to interrupt him and give him a break. CJ finally finds one. They all rush to watch the TV uh, because the guy's got to walk over from his office and gives them time to walk and all gather in the same room. There's some tension in the scene over whether or not he's going to like actually yield the floor does he know enough about the rules but then they bring him some epsom salt so he could soak his feet <laughs> and he knows and yeah eventually does and the guy's like i have a 22 part question that i would like to read so why don't you sit down I, what i really wonder so this guy got this call we saw the scene where he got the call like it's real time where did he get this 22-part question about autism from <laughs> did he have it ready he's probably reading a book i could like I could come up with 22 questions about autism. You got a question? Autism. I got a question. Can, Spell it. Do they come up it? in photo? Do they show up in photographs? <laughs> yeah. Why, question why, why don't they show up why in photographs? Not? Yeah. <laughs> what is with the strange prohibition of taking photos of autistic children? Can, can they be killed? <laughs> Four questions already. See, this is easy. I can come up with it on a car ride. So it's a big, big victory scene that they're We did it. We destroyed our own <laughs> bill. We, we did it. Um, presumably it's still going to get passed with the same thing, but, um, CJ's feeling inspired. She's writing her letter. She, you know, dear diary. Can we talk about how her 70 year old father uses email? Pretty cool. Like that's pretty awesome. That's, and this is at a time I feel like where a lot of grandparents or old fathers did not use email. That's where the porn is. They were using their (laughs) white house email. It seemed like too. Yeah, yeah. They shouldn't be using that for personal business, Mm-mm. in my opinion. Mm, that might cause a problem in the future. Well, I guess like they're ta- they're still talking about like classified things, so maybe or sort of not classified, like it, behind the scenes. I mean, it's a leak. This is a leak. Yeah, so it should be like 
under protected encrypted email or whatever. Um, and that's the end is like CJ being like, you know, there still is democracy in this country and it's it's all good. And that's the credits. Um, the credit shot is like Toby and the vice president and the vice president's like half getting into a car. It, it looks like shit. It's the worst one of these they've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. So uh, thumbs down to that. That's the end of the episode. Uh, so headlines. Okay. I have one about the cat statue. Okay, good. Cat or cracks? Get it? Sure. It's <laughs> cracks. Cat, it sounds like cataracts. Yeah, cataracts. Oh, I get it. Cat or cracks. I was trying for for a cat statue head. You get any? Um. Well, I wrote one down, but it's not good, so I'm not going to say it. All right. Um. I have a grandpa-themed one. All oh, right. sweet. Annual Noble Grandpa Conference held on Senate floor. Annual? And yeah, it's gonna happen again. Okay, sure. <laughs> I just wrote number one granddads. <laughs> I wrote good. that they were that he was uh, standing up to autism. Um, I have one because he requested forty-seven million dollars for the autism research. Stackhouse requests stacks on stacks on stacks. Stacks on stacks. Forty-seven times. On yeah. stacks in the house. Yeah, this we would write it out forty-seven times, and it would take up the whole front yeah. page of the newspaper. I called him Yak House. <laughs> yak House. Oh, yeah, like he's, yak- he's like a yacker. Yeah, yeah. Yaki. I wrote a cat one for you guys just now. Pussy on a pedestal. <laughs> Visiting dignitary is offended by broken cat statue. Dirty. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, I only got the one. So fill a blunder. Oh, and I said uh, <laughs> solid. Nep it in the butt, like nep, like uh, nepotism. Like, oh, like nepotism. catnip. I thought it was neppy. I thought it was very neppy. Because he's like, oh, I'm gonna award. But nepotism's like if he was like. I know. He, I know thought. it's not. He didn't get. He didn't yeah. put install his autistic uh, grandchild as a head of the foundation. No, but or that that is an interesting thing. But it's here, a weird right? conflict of interest. Like yeah. it's. Not, I mean, it's. Not, I mean, it's good. I, it's good. I support uh, the children. I, no, no, I love the children. You're right that it like. <laughs> But why does it matter that his grandchild has the thing? Like, right. So what? A million people's grandchildren are have it. You know, like that's what's so. Who cares about this guy? That's who what's cares? so bizarre about the way they wrote this. It's like, why, why, why does this make him seem honorable or like a? He's like a crappy politician. He's it doesn't make any sense. Like, why aren't you fighting for research on all like childhood? I don't know mental conditions. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Such such a weird episode. Oh, yeah. I have one more headline. All right. White House senior staff family doesn't know anything about filibusters. <laughs> <laughs> so final thoughts. Sight. It's all right. People yeah, like this a weird, episode a lot. It was a though. weird daddle link. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Something Clever. we haven't heard before. Yeah. Oh, huh. <laughs> it, I just wanted, Josh says that like phrase. A, in yeah. the, oh, so this, this one for real does kick off the final stretch yeah and the next the, episode because yeah, the next episode is fantastic <laughs> yeah. and it, it's i'm ready it's, for it's a set stretch. up by this one actually oh so yeah at the end they have a montage yes. and toby is uh bouncing his ball in by himself in his office he had the wall. ball yeah and um he has extremely a- minor spoiler the beginning of the next episode is toby bouncing that ball he has that ball wow. yeah he wow. has a little wow but uh this one rolls into the next one but it's also very standalone and like it, yeah. it doesn't 
like a con- like the guy's thing isn't particularly like noble or he doesn't accomplish a lot and it's not this like clever like, parliamentarian maneuver it's not really a, a weird way for them to be like hey like filibusters are a thing let's like no but it's worse than that because it's like on the one hand it's talking about how the filibuster is stupid you would think that the moral of the episode is like the filibuster is some dumb thing that some senator who didn't do the right thing got to abuse in order to get his way but in the end they sort of like champion what a hero he is for doing this thing yeah yeah totally and it's like i just it just doesn't make any freaking sense at all and it's a very like usually so there's a bunch of plot lines in this episode there's uh cj and the cat i don't think the cat things have resolved no it's not the most it is resolved is that like charlie knows about it but they don't ever like explain what they're gonna do about it like they're basically just gonna be like sorry we broke the thing our bad um and what are you gonna what are you really gonna gonna do do? but that's that's the whole plot line. Yeah. Um, but the linking is only via the letter writing scenes. And that's not like a tight coupling of the, like there's usually like tighter plot lines. <laughs> it is this. weird. Yeah. Cause the only thing they're just like, they're all waiting. So the, the overarching theme is like, they're all waiting during the filibuster and then they're all writing these letters, but they don't, they basically just do like one, sh- like Sam's especially is just like two scenes back to back. And that's the entire thing. Like, he gets the assignment, he does the assignment, he gets yelled at by the girl, Eps- like, plot line over. It's all, This episode is all about how great the filibuster is, what a wonderful trick of American democracy, and look at the brave heroes who, you know, employ it on our legislature floor. Yeah, and basically every example, it's almost never been used for good no. <laughs> in its entire history. It, in I don't think it ever fiction? has. Yeah. In my fan fiction, and this was good. It helped the kids. This this one is good. I mean, at at best, (laughs) it's been like for somebody filibustered for something that you personally agree with, but I don't think it's ever been like the deciding factor in overturning some shitty, like massively terrible thing that was going to happen. Well, I do think it's been used as like, like nowadays, it's like, well, I'm like the threat of a filibuster is enough to just not bring something to the floor. The gentleman's, but look, look at what happened with the Republicans' attempt to repeal Obamacare. Well, they had to do that like weird thing. They suspended thing. the rule. No, they didn't. They temporarily suspended the rule and did it through a budgetary amendment no, rather but, than through... Well they, well, they said for things that don't affect regulations, we don't need to go through the filibuster thing because it's not actually a change in law. It's just a change in allocation. It's like it's reconciliation. When you do a budget, When you do a right. budget bill... The the filibuster no, no, rules don't apply. No, it's not. It's not. This this is the bird rule, which is like, it just it makes a distinction between what the bill accomplishes. So it says if you're gonna say like, but you know you Senator Bird is get... the KKK. Oh yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. It's really, and he was a Democrat. Yeah, he was reformed. He was like, he I never heard that thing. in my life. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, do you watch? <laughs> Sean Hannity show. <laughs> you will hear that every single night on that show. Um, so yeah, so they basically say like a, a bill, if it's going to change the law, like it adds a new regulation, then it is a filibusterable thing and it requires 60 votes for cloture. But if it's just changing, like you can tweak rates basically by a majority rule. So you can't get rid of the individual mandate, but you can make the penalty for the original mandate zero dollars. Okay. And they make they actually make is, a distinction about that. So that's what why I'm saying. This is the these, reconciliation. Well, thing. reconciliation is merging the House and Senate bills together. That's that's the reconciliation process. Then there's something else. I'm, there's something involving budgetary issues, like what you're saying, where it's just changing 
allocations yeah. or, or numbers. Yeah. If you're not changing the, anything else about the statutory language, then it doesn't have like a substantive effect. But even that exception is total BS. Right. Because you can make things, you can make the mandate have a zero dollar penalty so right. yeah and it's, I'm, and it's I'm there the thing it's, i'm against the law but it doesn't matter it's there because if all it took was one unilateral tantrum in order to thwart a budgetary change then nothing would ever get changed and you wouldn't be able to you know like cover the debt ceiling or anything like that mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean just the just the fact that the republicans didn't have to worry about the filibuster on that is so ridiculous I can't believe that the Democrats allowed the filibuster rule to remain in place. And they still can't pass it, which is Well, they couldn't hilarious. even get a majority. Yeah. So it didn't really matter. Like, the filibuster didn't even come in play, even though they, like, the president talks about that all the time now. now. Interestingly, the Republicans, if they had a majority, but not a supermajority, I wonder what they would have done. Would they have suspended the filibuster in order to deliver a win? They have a majority. They didn't have a majority on, on that repeal. Well, I, I do think there is this constant thing of, like, so Trump goes on Twitter all the time. He's like, we got to get rid of this filibuster because it's crazy that we need 60 votes to pass stuff, which somewhat agree because it's not almost never a 60 vote majority except in like super wave elections. But then people are like, oh, this vote didn't actually even hit a majority. So it wasn't the filibuster that caused it, but they would have wrote the bill different if the filibuster was. It's like you keep going back a, le- a level and it's like, oh, if they could have reformed the regulations then they probably could have gotten 50-something votes, right? They could have gotten all the Republicans on board if they could have changed all the regulations. I don't think they were able to get a majority on any of the variations of the bill. Because they were all working under this thing where they couldn't touch the regulations because they knew they could never get 60. But if they didn't have the filibuster, then they could have written a bill that was like, a more drastic rewrite, so here, but they wouldn't have had that. Here's the interesting so question. It's like weird, like, do you the keep Republicans zooming back a level and it keeps being harder and harder to do the Republicans out where it went wrong. actually want to repeal Obamacare or do they just want to be able to say that, say that they tried as hard as they could to repeal it? I kind of think they don't really want to repeal it because it's a huge giveaway to their donors, i.e., the uh, insurance companies. And well, then they own the problems too right then well then they own the problems if they change it and then bad things happen so it's kind of better off for them to just let this thing be what it is say they did the best they could and then try to get a victory elsewhere yeah i mean it's hard to keep putting that blame elsewhere yeah though it, it is kind a, of hard it's a, to, it's a tight rope to walk yeah well, they're really kind of stuck but i just can't imagine the republicans wouldn't get rid of the filibuster the moment that they could they did it for the supreme court was there a filibuster? I thought the there Democrats. I thought the Democrats agreed to not filibuster in exchange for something. I can't remember what it was though. For like being able to use it later, which is the funniest thing in the world. To was me. that it? Yeah, I think in, so. in exchange for not getting rid of the filibuster. Yeah. Oh my god, the Democrats <laughs> are the worst. Oh, it's that's really so terrible. But anyway, it's a bad thing, and I think they should get rid of it. It's Full insane. Stop. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. And if any, if any. If any group of people that wanted to accomplish goals had that abusive interpretation of their rules of order, it would get eliminated immediately. Yeah. How and can it, you? And it will. I think it will go away soon. No, I think it's too useful. I don't think they'll ever get rid of it. It's one of those things that allows politicians to get away with inaction or failure. You only want to get rid of it when you're in the minority. Basically. I don't think. I don't think anyone ever wants to get rid of it. Or when you're in the majority. I you guess. only want to get rid of it when. There's something really important that you want to accomplish, 
and you think you can actually get it accomplished with a majority and there's no political fallout to any of the people within that majority. Because sometimes to get your majority, people have to take a difficult vote in a swing state or in a flipped district, Mm -hmm. right? And that's where the filibuster comes in. It's like all the people who voted in favor who don't have a fallout from it get to take credit for at least voting yes and almost passing it. And all the people that would otherwise be penalized for a yes vote can either vote no or vote yes, but then it doesn't really get scored. And then they can come home and no one really is focusing because the things didn't actually change. Yeah. Um, Hey, did I say uh, yak house? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, That's all I got on this one's it's all right. It's structured a little weird. Um, It's not, the plots are kind of dumb. It's not, they don't do any clever senatorial stuff. It's, I don't know. This one's not actually that good. This is another pretty middling one. I watched it before going to sleep, and I was very sleepy after. It's, it's very <laughs> calming. It's a, it's yeah. a, you know, warm glass of milk episode. It was. I mostly focused on like the funny things CJ was doing. And I think was, it's really weird if you warm your milk up. I used to drink warm milk as a kid. Weird. Okay. Well, do you drink lattes? That's warm milk. No. Okay. Um, you're. In the minority. Okay, so thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, rate and review us on iTunes. Follow, I don't know, smash those buttons. Thanks smash for listening. Them, baby. Smash, smash that button. Bleak House. What? It's a Charles Dickens book. Okay. All right. Uh, cut Good night, that. everybody. Bye. Cut that. <laughs>